You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Thursday to you. Going to spend some time today reflecting on what we learned from OTAs yesterday where Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator and assistant head coach, he spoke to the media, and we also heard from Deion Dawkins and Jordan Poyer. We got an update on which players were in attendance and which sat it out. And so today I just want to reflect on all the nuggets that came out of OTAs yesterday for the Buffalo Bills. But before we get into that, I do want to give an update on our jersey giveaway. The drawing was done yesterday on Instagram Live. We had over 600 people participate in the giveaway. 604 total participants. Blown away by the participation. I really, really appreciate it. I had no idea what to expect. And you guys uh, were really enjoying the giveaway and the process uh, to win. And so thank you so much for participating. The winner was Daniel Dillon, and he said he wants a Trey White jersey. So him and I are figuring that out as we speak. We'll make sure that happens for him very, very soon. I'll tell you what, I had a lot of fun doing this, and more giveaways are coming soon for sure. Um, It was very rewarding to do this, and I love the energy from you guys and the participation, and um, it's um, I just want to give back more to the audience and – so thankful for everyone listening to this podcast. I'm so thankful that I get to do this work. And so I just want to make sure that this becomes a, a big part of what we do moving forward. Um, if you missed the drawing and you want to catch it, um, it was done on Instagram and I saved it as a post on my Instagram feed. So if you check me out on Instagram, the underscore Joe Marino, you can watch it on IGTV. Went about 40 minutes, maybe a little bit longer. My wife and I were on there. We had a lot of fun. We took a lot of questions, talked about um, the game that we're going to. It's going to be the Houston game week four. We're coming up. We're booked. Uh, We're going to do something fun. We'll have a presence in the tailgate lots for sure. And looking forward to meeting as many of you as possible. And uh, just want to say thanks for listening to the podcast and giving me the opportunity to do this work. It has become a big time passion for me. And I never expected that. I always thought I wanted to just be a draft guy. And and I am. I am a draft guy. That's what I, I do full time. But having this as a part-time gig um, has, has been extremely rewarding. It's been something I've enjoyed more than I thought. I was nervous. I've said this a few different times. I was nervous about adding this to my portfolio just because I didn't know how I would be received by Bill's Mafia, right? I mean, I think I have pretty strong opinions. Um, I just approached things a little bit differently than a lot of people, and I didn't know how that would be received. And um, goodness gracious, you guys have been very, very gracious and very kind, welcoming me into this Bills content community. And so um, started doing Lockdown Bills in January of 2019. It's been, you know, we're in year three of the podcast um, with me hosting it, and I just couldn't imagine this not being part of my routine. Absolutely love it. Thank you so much, and congrats to Daniel Dillon for winning the jersey, and thank you so much for everyone who participated. All right, let's get into some of these reactions to OTAs, but there was one thing that happened that we didn't get a chance to cover yesterday on Herd Mentality, 
and I want to talk about it real quick. Stephon Diggs, wide receiver, he restructured his contract. The Buffalo Bills converted $11.7 million of Diggs' base salary for next year into a $12.7 million signing bonus, and that gave the Bills $7.8 million more in cap space. And so right now, as things sit, the Bills have right at about $11 million in available salary cap space. And so once this news came through, I think everybody started speculating on, all right, what's coming? What does Brandon Bean have up his sleeve? You know, what type of transactions can we speculate on him making? And I think there are three reasonable things that come to mind for me if I had to predict why this was done. And they're pretty wide-ranging in terms of how exciting they are. But I think, number one, there's a real chance that this was done for none other than creating cap flexibility right now to get through the season and making sure that if something happens to a key player that the Bills have salary cap space available to make a move and replace that player. Also potentially setting them up for rollover cap space because unused cap this year rolls into next year. and So maybe that played into it. Maybe it's about extensions. This has something to do with Josh Allen's extension, maybe Tremaine Edmonds, maybe Cole Beasley. I mean, there's candidates on the roster that could be extended and in doing so can be structured in such a way that takes advantage of this new cap space and puts less burden and stress on future years. So that's a possibility. And then, of course, the idea that a player from outside the organization can be brought in, whether that's a trade or the Bills signing one of the remaining free agents. Zach Ertz, tight end from the Philadelphia Eagles. He's been a hot name all offseason long. It's a foregone conclusion that Philly's going to move on from Ertz. They 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 really kind of have to from a cap perspective. And, I mean, the guy basically said goodbye to Philadelphia. After Brandon Bean really kind of put that position group on blast and saying we never got to the point where the tight ends could really be a, a difference for us and uh, could be productive for us, um, you know, could that be what Brandon Bean had in mind when he created – this cap space. You guys know what I think about Zach Ertz. We've talked about him. I'm not that crazy about the idea, but I would certainly understand it. Could it be Julio Jones, right? The hottest name in football right now in terms of a trade possibility. I don't know that the Bills would be in on him. Sounds like it's a New England, Tennessee, maybe the Rams. No, those are the teams that have been linked and rumored to have interest. But could the Bills just go all in on this passing game and land a star player like Julio Jones. I, I certainly think it's worth discussing and mentioning. Maybe it's a defensive tackle upgrade. You know, the team has at Oliver. I think they're high on Oliver. Star Latule is back, but you have kind of Vernon Butler, Harrison Phillips, a lot of unknowns at this defensive tackle position. Could they go after a Kawan Short or a Jarrell Casey or a Geno Atkins? Maybe a Mike Pennell. Daniel McCullers, Corey Peters, if they want to go with a more traditional one-tech. But there are interesting options at both three-tech and one-tech in terms of available veteran free agents that the Bills can make a run at. And then could it be cornerback? Could it be Steven Nelson? Could it be Richard Sherman? Could it be Brian Poole? I don't know, right? Like, this is just me speculating. 
Obviously, the answer is probably somewhere in what I said, including it meaning nothing in terms of bringing in a player from outside the organization, but certainly interesting that as the calendar shifts to June and you know you have the post-June 1 cut designations and cap space is freed up and you kind of expect the team to make its final moves in terms of building that pre-camp roster that the Bills create nearly $8 million in additional cap space by restructuring Stephon Diggs. Very, very interesting. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. So next, I want to dig into the comments made by Leslie Frazier, the Bills defensive coordinator and assistant head coach. He had media availability on Wednesday, and I thought he said a lot of interesting stuff. So just like I've done in the past with a Brandon Bean or a Sean McDermott or a Josh Allen press conference. I want to recap some of the highlights and give you some of my thoughts on the most notable items that Leslie Frazier said. So on Levi Wallace, Leslie Frazier said every year Levi has to fend off competition. He stood the test every time, doing everything we've asked him to do, just like he always does. His attitude is terrific. Don't think he gets concerned about who we draft or who we sign. He lines up and competes in every single practice. Kind of echoes a lot of the stuff we talked about earlier this week on the Levi Wallace podcast. I think the Bills really like Levi Wallace, and he's been that guy opposite of Trey White for the last three years, and he's been pretty good. And while he does have limitations that I wish didn't exist, and he does restrict the scheme, I think he's a perfectly reasonable starter, and I think the Bills are quite satisfied with him 
as the guy opposite of Trey White. He's wired the right way. He's got the right DNI. He's a process guy through and through. Frazier also talked about not having the time on task before the season last year began is a big reason why the pass rush wasn't where they wanted it to be. He said continuity can be gained better now with the in-person offseason program, and he felt like the team pressured the quarterback pretty well. They just didn't always take him down, and because of the way the offseason was structured last year, it made it very challenging for them to sort out the rotation. And that was something we talked about earlier in the year last year, that between Jerry Hughes and Jordan Phillips not being there and Starla Tulele opting out and having these new pieces in Mario Addison and um, Vernon Butler and Quentin Jefferson and a new D-line coach in Eric Washington, they never really figured things out in terms of the right mix of guys to have in rotations. And obviously, this year is quite different, despite there being some new faces, um, but uh, certainly should give the Bills a leg up this coming season. And he makes a good point there. Like, the Bills' pressure rates were good last year. They got pressure very consistently. They just didn't finish a lot. They didn't get a lot of sacks. And when you think about Carlos Basham and F.A. Obata and Gregory Rousseau, all of those guys have a ton of length, and they are finishers, especially Rousseau and Basham. And you can see that being a point of emphasis in the players they brought in this offseason. Uh, he talked about it's good to have Star Latoulay back, but when he was talking about the defense and, and how it's year to year, and he really kept hammering home that every year is different and that the schedule is different and the style of offenses that you play is going to be different and that right now they're not focused on specific opponents. They're not focused on the Patriots or the Chiefs or the Ravens. It's about developing the Bills' defense and what they want it to be this year. And so while we've invested a lot of time talking about the Chiefs and uh, the Patriots and how to defend tight ends and all that type of stuff, the reality is they're sorting out what they have, figuring out where these players are, how they all fit together, and determining what schemes actually work. And so it's interesting. While I'm sure in the back of their mind they're thinking about these opponents, the reality is right now the focus is on figuring out what you have and how it all works together. And, and he makes a good point. Every year is different. You can't ever assume that things that were true the previous year are going to be true about the next season, right? That that stuff literally changes all the time. On not landing the Houston Texans head coaching gig that he interviewed for back in January and was widely viewed as a finalist, he definitely expressed some disappointment and said, I'm not going to lie to you, I wanted to be a head coach again. And so it's interesting. I'm not sure what the appeal is going to be out there, like what his market's going to be, what type of, you know, heat meter there is for him uh, as far as being a head coach again, but it's definitely something it sounds like he wants to do despite kind of being an older guy and um, probably being quite comfortable with his role in Buffalo. You could tell he has that itch to be a head coach again. And, you know, I certainly think his resume speaks for him for itself that he probably deserves that opportunity. I'm just not super sure uh, if he's going to get that chance. He talked about the defensive line and, it seems like anytime you listen to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, they talk about how their defense starts up front and that the defense as a unit goes as the D-line goes and said specifically, our D-line helps our secondary and our linebackers. And so as we continue to talk about where the team can upgrade and where they should be focused, they're always going to be focused on the defensive line. And I think they've said that to us with the moves that they've made every single offseason whether it's investing higher draft picks in defensive linemen or going out and signing free agents, it's always been a huge point of emphasis for this regime. 
So I think as we predict the offseason and think about draft needs and what the team's going to do, I think we have to be really dialed in on defensive line because they're telling us, they're literally telling us every opportunity that they can that the defense, it starts up front and they care a lot about it. Leslie Frazier also talked about Tremaine Edmonds and said that his best football is ahead of him. And he said that he needs to stay healthy and that the story's definitely not written on his career just yet and called him a puppy still in so many ways. And so while Tremaine Edmonds is entering his fourth season, he's been a two-time team captain, a two-time pro bowler. You know, it's it's interesting how often Leslie Frazier has to defend Tremaine Edmonds and how there's a perception with Bill's Mafia, it seems, with Tremaine Edmonds and what type of player he is and what type of impact he's capable of making. And I think we can all admit last year wasn't his best season. I think that the shoulder injury definitely affected him. But, man, I was high on Tremaine coming out of 2019. I can't wait to see him this year. Obviously, he's a grinder, elite physical gifts, leader. I'm expecting a lot from Tremaine Edmonds this year, and, and I'm, I'm excited to see him play because that guy's got all the ability in the world. He talked about safety depth and mentioned Jaquan Johnson and how he understands the system and what is expected of safeties. They have him waiting in the wings was actually a phrase that he used to describe uh, Jaquan Johnson. He also talked about how excited they were about DeMar Hamlin, the draft pick, and that the preseason will be helpful for both of these guys to get reps and and said that he feels like the team's in good shape uh, from a backup safety perspective. Talked about Tyrell Adams, a free agent linebacker that they signed, called him a good player at Houston, a tackling machine, and that he overall likes the team's linebacker depth and that he will be fighting for a roster spot and it was excited to see what he can do on special teams as well. Talked about the safety tandem of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. He said they were two special guys and that they allow us flexibility when it comes to scheme. They allow us to do things simply because of who they are. Whenever those guys are up for contract renewal, I remind Brandon Bean of that. They are unique guys. We need them here. Fortunately, they are under contract for quite a while. No question, we couldn't do the things defensively that we want to do without those safeties. And so as much as this defensive line is important, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are critical for this defense, and uh, they're an elite tandem, and I'm surely happy that they are locked up for the next couple of years to be that safety tandem for this Bills defense. Talked about Dane Jackson and said, it seems like he's more confident. He can tell in the meeting room and in practice that he's more confident. He's not the shy rookie that they saw last year. He said last year this guy wouldn't say two words, and they had to pull him up front just to get to know him. Said he's playing more free so far this year through five practices. And so that's really encouraging because, you know, whether it's Trey White or Levi Wallace, this guy's a snap away from stepping in as a starter. And he's the key backup at both outside corner spots. And so it's encouraging to hear this positive reporting on Dane Jackson. Leslie Frazier talked about A.J. Epinesa. And I'll tell you what, between what Sean McDermott said about A.J. Epinesa last week and what we heard Leslie Frazier say and some of the comments from Deion Dawkins, it sounds like A.J. Epinesa is in a really, really good spot. This is what Frazier said. He said, weight-wise and approach-wise, A.J. Epinesa is basically a different player than he was last year. He's been able to manage the new weight better and has gained strength after working all offseason long with the Bills strength and conditioning coaches. His ideal weight is 255 to 258 in Leslie Frazier's opinion. He said he's stabilized, stronger, and more explosive. He looks really, really good at this point. 
I'm excited to hear these remarks regarding A.J. Epinesa, and I'm eager for him to take a year-two jump. I mean, this is really exciting stuff. They seem really happy with where he's at, and it sounds like he's definitely a defensive end only where you know they talked last year about playing him inside with some frequency, and that was always an interesting thought because he never really did that at Iowa. And so I think they learned a lot about what they had in Epinesa, and they've adjusted the plan from there. And um, I think he's going to be a defensive end only, which is fine because you have players in Basham and Rousseau that definitely can reduce inside and, and rush interior gaps. On Rousseau and Basham, uh, Frazier had some interesting comments. On Rousseau, he said they love his length, they love his coachability, and that he puts things into action right away when taught something. said he has a knack for finding the quarterback and how to slip off blocks, and that his length will give people trouble. On Basham, he said he's further along than Rousseau. He can play inside and outside. He's a heavier guy. He can play early downs inside or outside, which I thought was really interesting. Also praised his coachability and said both of these players are students of the game that love football and are passionate about it. And so not surprising to hear him say that Basham is further along, but what was really interesting to me is that it sounds like they're comfortable playing Basham as an interior defensive lineman on rundowns, which I didn't expect. So that's an interesting development and nugget from Frazier. And then lastly, when he talked about the nickel position, the slot corner position, obviously Taron Johnson is his guy and really praised the way he came along last year. He mentioned Saran Neal and Cam Lewis as well. And then after that, he mentioned Rashad Wild Goose, Elijah Griffin, and Damar Hamlin. So as we think about who the real slot options, who the nickel options are, I thought it was interesting that those were the players he specifically identified. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's close this thing out by mentioning a couple of comments that I thought were interesting. One from Jordan Poyer, one from Deion Dawkins, and then we will recap who was there, who wasn't there, and who was there but couldn't participate due to injury. So the first comment I want to bring up was what Jordan Poyer said about Star Latulale. He said, Star is Star. That's why he is who he is. And said that he was a selfless football player and that he is confident that Star is working out to get ready for the upcoming season. And obviously, it's kind of been a weird discussion with Star Latulale because there's been a lot of debate about if he lived up to his contract, then he opted out of the season and the Bills' run defense took a hit, and then we're counting on him to come back and, and be a good one technique for this team. And he hasn't been there at OTAs, and it's kind of weird. You, you kind of expected him to be around. And things were pretty silent. And then we got the workout video on Tuesday. We got these comments from Jordan Poyer today. And I feel like there's a lot more positive momentum with Star Latule than there was three days ago. And that's encouraging because the Bills need Star. They need him to come back and be a reasonable player at one technique. Help this run defense out. And so it's good to see that there's some confidence right now from 
his teammates and obviously from what we saw in that workout video. Deion Dawkins had a couple of interesting remarks. The first one was about AJ Epinesa. He said he can feel the difference in Epinesa's body and strength when they go against each other in practice and said specifically he isn't a feather anymore. So that body transformation for Epinesa last year was very, very real. And I'm sure he feels a lot better about where he's at weight-wise, strength-wise, and what it's like playing football at these new dimensions for him. And so I love the positive momentum for Epinesa. And then Dawkins also said in a roundabout way, according to John Scott, that he admitted that the pass-happy Bills attack last season did affect flow to run block better. He added that having a quarterback like Josh Allen and the wide receivers that they do to throw to, passing a lot is a great plan. But whether it's been Deion Dawkins in these comments today or Zach Moss and what he said on our podcast a couple of weeks ago or John Feliciano, the lack of consistent approach to rushing the football has definitely been a challenge for the team because there's a timing component, there's a reps component, and I don't think they ever got comfortable. And so while we all love this pass-aggressive offense that the Bills run, and I'm certainly a champion for it, I want to see all the passing, right? I want to see a 70-30 pass-run split. I do think we have to acknowledge that it does create some challenges with run game consistency. And so the scheme can be you know, tweaked and the run blocking can be better and the running backs can be better. But if you don't do this, you lose that rhythm and, and it makes it difficult. And we've identified how important rushing success is going to be in order to compete better against the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, I'll be interesting to see how this all unfolds. I don't know that I'm rooting for more rushing, but um, it does sound like there's some challenges that come with it not being a bigger emphasis for the offense. All right, let's finish up with participation. Again, participation is voluntary. They're not mandatory. So nobody has to be there. And, you know, we need to be mindful before we get too critical of these players because we don't know why they're not there. We don't know what the answer is. There could be family dynamics that keep them away from the facility. But we also hear from Coach McDermott and talk about the team gets better when the players are there and the players get better when they're there and how important that is to building the team. So there is a bonus and benefit and value to them being there. So let's talk about who wasn't there. Taiwan Jones, running back. Center, Mitch Morse. Right tackle, Darrell Williams. Offensive lineman, Bobby Hart. Defensive end, Mario Addison. Defensive end, Jerry Hughes. Defensive tackle, Starla Tulele. Defensive tackle, Vernon Butler. And cornerback, Saran Neal. Of the players that didn't participate on Wednesday, Taiwan Jones, Daryl Williams, Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes, Starla Tulele, Vernon Butler were also not there last week. So those are the players that for two weeks now have not been in town. And the players that were not at practice last week but were there on Wednesday included Stephon Diggs, Devin Singletary, and Emmanuel Sanders. So all in all, it's great to have Diggs, Singletary, and Sanders there for the first time, but you know, some of these guys haven't been there at all. And you look at Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes and Starla Tulele and Vernon Butler, some of those holdovers from the defensive line and, of course, Star coming back. Interesting that they're not there. Interesting that a guy like Darrell Williams isn't there and Mitch Morse, starters for this offensive line. So 
again, I don't want to be too critical, but some of these guys really surprised me that they're not in town. Lastly, uh, it was reported that the following players were at practice but did not take part fully in drills, and those players included wide receiver Cole Beasley, running back Zach Moss, fullback Reggie Gilliam, offensive lineman Cody Ford, wide receiver Isaiah Hodgins, and safety Josh Thomas. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Tomorrow is going to be a fun one. I I feel it. Um, Really excited for what we have planned. I have a guest lined up. We're going to record on Thursday night. And so until that actually happens and the hay is in the barn and I have everything set to release it on Friday, I don't want to tell you who the guest is, but I'm very excited to speak to this person, get to know this person, and share with you my conversation with this person. It should be a fun one. So don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed. Rate, review the podcast. I hope you have a great day. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.